Oh my god. Guys, there's another episode of Obscure Chatter happening right now. We're watching a movie. You don't like that you don't know what it is yet. This is like episode six. I clearly don't care at this point. <laughs> with me today, I am Terry Doty. With me today, my guest is She's a journalist, she's a podcaster, she's a book nerd, she's everything, but to me, she's just my best friend, Sarah. Sarah Pantilio, hello. Hey, hello. And uh, we are watching, I'd say, I know this movie more as one of Sarah's favorite movies of all time than the actual title, which <laughs> Um, It's our second <laughs> film. Ooh. And, uh... Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Not everybody's favorite. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, it's not a movie that like a lot of people like, but it is a movie that I think pushes a lot of creative envelopes. Um, but it's not why I like it. I like it because it has a very personal point to me, and it just was a very comforting movie growing up. And so I just it's it's very very um, I don't know close to my heart. Well, that's good then. I mean, it's one of those because. Um, Donald and I touched on this a lot with his episode where, like, we he kind of, like, laughing at your own pain, tears of a clown type of thing. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about how it's kind of ridiculous, you know, like, bringing up, for some people it's a little weird to be like, why are you getting so upset that I hate this movie? I'm like, I hate that you hate this movie because this movie means so much to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And it was actually funny because I was talking to a friend about that, like, um, sometimes when it comes to... Um, like, I, I suffer from a lot of mental health issues, depression, anxiety. I've been since I was a kid. And so when a movie grabs my attention and then somebody's watching it and they're not, like, kind of bored, I'm like, this movie got through all that shit and it meant something to me. And how dare you look at your phone while watching it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and that's, like, why I like um, – this movie a lot because it just always has like a beacon point to me. I can always watch it and always makes me feel calm. It's one of the yeah. Uh, actually, I think I watched it a different way after having known what it meant to you. Because mm-hmm. um, Stephen hadn't seen it, so we watched it and he's like, "Oh, this is a Sarah movie." <laughs> and this is long before we did like obscure chatter or anything like that. Um, but I don't know. I think you touched on a really cool point there, where like if you're perhaps just not necessarily just jaded, but if you've got a lot of things that you're constantly battling on a daily basis and something touches you, you're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good point. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it doesn't always have to, like this movie, um, so when I was a teenager, I used to have really bad panic attacks. And then for some reason, this is the only movie. So it's kind of funny. So talking about touching movies that touch you in a certain way that like either is good or bad. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I had a very visceral reaction to this movie. And that surprised me. <laughs> no, no, no. It was like, um, so I, I had really bad panic attacks and I needed stuff to watch at like, you know, 3 a.m. Cause you don't want to watch like cheaters for the 17th time. And, um, <laughs> Maybe the one where you got stabbed. I don't know. <laughs> the best one. <laughs> or the ones where the guys pretend like they don't see the camera crew. Like, they're just, like, ignoring it and hoping it goes away. Anyways, um, I've seen every episode of Cheaters. Because- oh, it was filmed here in the DFW. Aye. We knew that. I know a lot of friends that were on set. I'm like, hey, this is weird. Was that you? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you weren't dating this dude. And I'm like, I was for the purposes of this show. <laughs> Oh. Um, yeah, so, you know, I was like, okay, I need something that can, like, calm me down. And this was about the time where it was the transition from tape to DVD. Mm-hmm. 
and I couldn't watch a tape because if I went to sleep and woke up and saw snow because of fucking the ring, I couldn't do it. <laughs> so I couldn't watch a tape. Tapes were out. And this is one of the few movies I had on DVD. Um, and so I was like, okay, it's a silly movie, but I'm going to put it on. And it actually worked so well that I watched this movie, ooh, I would say on the upwards of 300 times. I mean, I've seen this movie so many times. It's kind of stupid, but it worked. It works on panic attacks, and it still even works on panic attacks to this day. And this is like 15 years later. So um, this movie has like so I have both the reactions. I can't watch tapes because of the ring, and then I can wa- <laughs> I watch this movie, and it always makes me feel it's like a security blanket. It's like a Linus's security blanket. It's always nice to have around, and I actually have little figures of these characters at different places in like my house, my work, my car. Because it's like a good just like totem of like, yeah. okay, cool, I got this, I got this. So I think that's what some people like, um it's hard sometimes because you and I well, this is this is on you. You gave me my first pop, so Yeah. That was the me. first one was free. <laughs> I think it was Castiel and Leviathan Goo, which is like yeah. impossible to find. We're both uh <laughs> Um, I talk about Sarah enough, but it's that Sarah, it's the name Sarah complex. I always have to preface it with my best friend, Sarah. Yeah. Because God forbid someone thinks of, like, the other ten Sarahs we all both know. Um, But uh, what was it? Sometimes you kind of have trouble as a, like me, I'm uh, four years older than you. Like three and some change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and you kind of sometimes, especially whenever you've already spent some money that day, you see something that means so much that meant so much to you, like the show or the franchise or whatever. And you're like, man, I would really love to. What it is is, I would love to look at that every day because that make that show makes me happy. So mm-hmm. therefore, this little thing from it. But sometimes people don't really get that. There's that giant disconnect where it's like, a, yeah, but you know, the time for childish things, which isn't even what like. The initial quote was really referencing, um, but it, I don't know, I think I'm actually a lot more uh, owning the stuff I loved as a kid more than I did when I was a kid. No, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it's it's a thing where, like, I for a while I was like, well, you know, I'm not allowed to have, like, you know, you think you're not allowed to have stuff. Yeah. And, um and I was really having a really bad time with, like, depression and anxiety. And I was just like, well, this stuff makes me happy. And I like looking at it. And I like it seeing it. And, I mean, you've been to my house. My house is just covered with pop culture stuff. Which I love for my birthday. It's like, oh, Terry, this is your house. I'm like, it looks like my house. <laughs> but, no, this is Sarah's house. My house actually has less, believe it or not. <laughs> not by much. Um, but, you know, it's like the thing where it just – you want to surround yourself by stuff that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be anything from minimalist furniture to, you know, art or uh, whatever have you. And I just feel like if you deny yourself that, like even in the comfort of your own home, it's just like, Jesus. Right. Um, like it's a minimalist house, but you open it and it's like nothing but like – <laughs> like colorful things and like why is that in the closet yeah why is that in the closet or you know like yeah and even like silly stuff like I have a I have a fucking giant bullseye pop from Target because <laughs> I love him he's so great and so I was like no, I remember you telling oh is it Tia yeah. about that at the at Ben's Christmas party where she's like tell me what like she was so fascinated that like I don't know I think I don't think bullseye really pulls up for a lot of people well I, I'm a big Target fan which a lot of people think it's kind of odd that like you're a fan of like a corporation mm-hmm. I guess and like yeah I really like Target I worked there for like four plus years 
And uh, Bullseye was just the epitome of Target. And I just think he's so cute. And the the, the cool thing was is the big t- Bullseye pop that he's like one of those 10-inch, like, bigger yeah. ones. Um, they uh, donated money to St. Jude's. And they used to do this with, like, these um, Bullseye stuffed animals. Like, they would give money to St. Jude's. And they stopped for some reason. I was really bummed. Yeah. So I just like that. And, yeah, I have—I mean, like, you have things—I I always believe— when it comes to, like, mental health, there's constructive and destructive. And so as long as you're being constructive, you know, who fucking cares? So, like, yeah, I like Target. I like having stuff from this movie. I like having stuff from anything that makes me happy. Like, right now, fucking, I'm going through an it phase for some reason. I have no <laughs> clue. And, well, I mean, yeah, she did it. But, um, like, it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous how much uh, it stuff I've just bought. But, um, mm-hmm. uh Whatever makes you happy, as long as it's constructive and not destructive, like, you do you kind of thing. Yeah. Someone was, uh, what was it? Because, right, as of this recording, this won't be released till the end of, uh, till the beginning of November, but uh, as of this recording, you know, I do that thing every October where I watch a different horror mm-hmm. theme thing. It can sometimes be just a short little thing, but I'm also re-watching uh, Over the Garden Wall, which I don't think got enough love. Um I don't even... It's a 10-minute uh, episodes, uh, only 14 episodes, and it stars Elijah Wood. It's fantasy. It's about Eli- uh, this kid named Wart, uh, Wart and his uh, brother getting lost in the woods and keep encountering all these different things. That's the Irish fairy tale, right, or no? Uh, it's not... Well... Is it animated? It's animated. Okay. And it's based off of, like, traditional artworks. Oh. Like, even the, the big, my favorite episode uh, over... Um, what was it? Oh, God. Hard Times at Huskin B, which is the second episode. It's all pumpkin-themed, and they Aww. run into this town where there are all these pumpkin people. Um, to, and, you know, to the point where Wirt and his brother are just in this place trying to find a way to get back home. And then, like, if someone could give us a ride back home, that would be great. And everybody's dressed in all these gourds. Mm. To the point where this woman dressed in a gourd looks at Wirt and says, You're a little early, aren't you? And he's like, Uh... What? And then it's revealed that the like, It's so cute. Um, but it's fantasy, it's fun, and it's got people like Elijah Wood, uh, Christopher Lloyd, um, and then, like, oh, okay. and stuff. like, just people with very soothing voices that you don't often hear do voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, like, I was talking about all these different uh, Halloween things, and I think... For a while there, I stopped talking about horror because I felt like people didn't get it. But horror is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we touched on it a little bit with Donald where we were talking about how um, I don't necessarily watch something because it's bad horror. It, sometimes it's bad and you're like, eh, but I don't know, it tickles me. Or yeah. like, like Dead and Breakfast with like David Carradine. And you're like, this movie has no merit whatsoever. But Oz Perkins being, you know, like this... Possessed zombie lord. Why not? Sure. Uh, zombie dance number. Let's go. <laughs> um, uh, and the narrator is just this dude with a guitar that eventually becomes a zombie. So his ch- songs change over the course of the movie. But we were talking about horror films and this dude was finally like, oh, so you actually know your stuff. So what's your opinion on it? I'm like, mm-hmm. um, it's like, you know, the original. I'm like, well, the original wasn't a movie. Mm-hmm. It was a miniseries, which I think it's that... Um, that 30-year cycle of nostalgia that um, I'm totally stealing from Lindsay Ellis's uh, piece on it where she talked about the two main types of nostalgia but then brought up, like, the destructive nostalgia as well where I think a lot of the reason people liked it 
uh, the miniseries is because it followed that 30-year cycle yeah. of nostalgia that was happening now, which is why when they redid it, or, like, as an official movie and made, you know, changes to the book, which <laughs> I made the joke to someone. I'm like, all right, this book was written heavily on cocaine. Yeah. Let's be real here. So that's it's a thousand-page book that's like a, wait, what? Yeah. Um, and you can still read it, but I prefer the movie. Um, and they made changes or whatever, but I'm like, I can watch both and love both. They're like, but Tim Curry was like the ultimate. I'm like, for you, yes. Yeah. But it's kind of, and I brought up, um, it's kind of that same thing uh, the to a lesser extent of people thinking sub versus dub, mm-hmm. where it just really depends on how you're introduced to it. I love the show Black Butler. I got into the show watching the Seiyu. Mm-hmm. You know, and Tatum is the English voice actor for Sebastian, so um, <laughs> tried to say it in the most cons- like polite way possible. I'm like, it's jarring because one, it's you, and I personally know you, right. but I uh, I fell in love with the Seiyu. Mm-hmm. That was Sebastian, but both are great, both are fantastic, and it's actually really nice sometimes to just watch the action, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just in how you're introduced to it, um, but I don't really know if I had to point to any of that. But yeah, like the it thing, I think for a lot of people, a lot of people hate on it just because I think it's fun for them to hate on. Well, yeah, yeah. I get that because I, I so far I'm reading the book for the first time, um, and I actually prefer the book so far mm-hmm. um, to the movie, and I do I do see like. Where because the original book was based in the the kids were based in the fifties, yeah, and now they did in the eighties. I could see where some of the stuff got kind of lost in translation because it doesn't work as well. Like because mm-hmm. you can't do it in the eighties because there's like better technology and stuff like that. Um, like this wouldn't happen where ch- kids are like, hey, I'm just on the train tracks, I'm just hanging <laughs> out. Um, yeah. Or, like, you know, the farming community was more of a thing in the book because it was the 50s and stuff yeah. like that. And so um, uh, I can see – but I, I do I do enjoy what, what he's doing with the book. But I think it's because it's just – it's the thing. Like, you can watch the movie and you get the visual cues and you get the, the visual, like, impact, which is great because I think that is missing sometimes with the horror stories. But I do like the POV – and like having like in, in in the book the the Georgie gutter yeah. like scene is almost straight like scene by scene like the dialogue's almost the same because you don't really it's not timed yeah there's no like it, it references to the fifties it's just a kid in a slicker with this little boat and you know a clown that you know just yeah. wanted to play with his brother his yeah. brother's sick yeah so um, that scene is almost. You know, pretty much the same as if you read it or saw it. But the thing in the book I really liked was that you got to see Georgie kind of justify this clown in the sewer. <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, this makes sense. Because, you know. Kid logic. Yeah, kid <laughs> logic. So it was kind of nice seeing that. Because, I mean, in it chapter two, they did kill, like, logic. And they did it better, I think, mm-hmm. than they did in chapter one. Um, but, um, I do really like those movies that I did. I really enjoyed them. Um. And it's nothing to do with Chapter 2 having James McAvoy in it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Me, Bill Hader, yeah. <laughs> uh, James McAvoy can do no wrong. And, uh, I've seen most of his movies and I know that that's a false statement and I don't care. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I like, like Dark Phoenix is whispering in yeah. the back, and I'm like, no, 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 See, no, no, that's no. the one thing. I mean, like, yeah, I don't like him as Professor Xavier. I mean, he's fine as it, but, like, I saw him, the first thing I saw him was in Starter for 10, uh, which is this old British movie about quiz shows, and Benedict Cumberbatch is in it as, like, this dick. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and it was like a movie that they made um, for like TV and in England, like on BBC. Was it about and, like Countdown or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really, really enjoyed that movie, and I liked him. And then, of course, there's Atonement, which has like my two crushes, Kira Knightley and James McAvoy in it. Mm. So and Benedict Cumberbatch is in that movie too. Um, so uh, he's the rapist. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> You're just so positive. He's the rapist. No, I just, I, I think it's funny. People are like, oh, he does. I'm like, dude, he was the rapist in Atonement. I, I think mean, sometimes, honestly, what really makes a character is seeing them be like a completely despicable human being. Yeah. Um, um, mm-hmm. but That's very true. Cumberbatch, sometimes he plays people that are uncumberbatchable. Yeah. Where you're like, you tried, babe. You tried, but yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. So, um, but yeah. So I really like James McAvoy. He's very good. Um, well, and it's something I didn't think about because the reason I watched the miniseries, my nostalgia thing. I was in love with Jonathan Brandis, mm. and he played the younger version of Bill. And so rewatching it, it does not stand the test of time. No. Um, but also there were stipulations that they had to stick to because of it was ABC broadcast. And there are some great working actors in there, or kids. Like, Seth Green is the younger version of uh, Richie. And what was it? Emily Perkins, who I know from all the Ginger Snap movies. She was the younger version of... Uh, oh, my God. I just Beth, forgot Beth. her name. Beth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanted to say Beth, and I'm like, that's not right. I keep uh, saying Barb. I'm like, that's not right either. <laughs> I don't know where I keep getting these We're from. in a weird nostalgia. <laughs> and then with the remake, even, there's Finn Wolfhard... Who's in both Stranger Things, things and, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, God, I love this movie. It's so good. It's some good working actors. And that, not only that, but, like, because they made the look more like, like, yeah. they're, like, I mean, you can see, um, she has, like, and she's looking more like, you know, a than, like, a, like, a, like, a, essentially. Like a, like a. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I never saw that back back there. Dude, we did, uh, like, right before we, we start recording, we do this little test because uh, we want to hear a little bit of the, the movie going on because uh, for some people, Sarah knows this probably better than most people, but I can't just really, most of the time, unless Sarah and I are arguing or Steve and I are arguing, I need background noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, actually, I remember distinctly, like, if there's background noise, I will always incorporate that in later the next time I watch it. Like, anytime I watch Shaun of the Dead, I'm like, hey, my boyfriend broke up with me <laughs> while the menu was playing over and over again. Uh-huh. I got to watch that menu and the little hum of zombies going, Ugh, for three hours as I was getting broken up with. Oh, my God. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, Shaun of the Dead's great. Uh, but uh, anyways, yeah, so we listened to the movie and always, uh, just very, very lightly underneath. And we That's why we've got headphones on and all that. But... We were just setting that up, and Sarah's watching this, how many times? Like, 300-plus, and she's like, oh, I never noticed that before. I'm like, ah, that's what I love about this, is, like, there's always just one thing, no matter how many times I've seen this. Or watching with Donald, uh, <clears throat> Stephen hadn't noticed until, like, two viewings before that, that there was mm-hmm. um, 
when, you know, like, um, I'm like, oh, yeah, you didn't know, like, that's a big, they just happen to catch that, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Sarah. Oh, my God. I love, I mean, the thing about this movie, too, um, is that it's it's about a kind of a realistic thing. It's not a fairy tale. Um, I mean, this is a that is trying to take care of her. She is um, and she is and so, and she's like really trying as much as a can. Um, and there's a scene that is coming up soon where she and and it was she got because of and um uh and she was like well uh you know the getting up and she was like no nah, it was because he, he's a so she like played into it so she didn't like and it's just like it's really interesting because you don't see a lot of movies about like and you don't see a lot of movies about like this kind of interesting because now this has to be the and doesn't know how, um, and then she, and then she's an asshole. <laughs> I mean, you get her. I get her. Yeah, um, she wouldn't get away with this. You know what? The funny thing I just remember this. Um, yeah, it's just it's it. It's just so funny that she just um, uh, she just has this kind of weird sense of logic, and so I kind of got her logic all the time because it was just bizarre like like even like her her the the kind of thing and she couldn't give the because that's <laughs> i just like that's so cute but it's true um um oh yeah that's right ah yeah i have that tattooed on me um steven got it for me yay we are very close weirdly yeah. close yeah <laughs> Um, um, yeah, I get to the point where now I'm just over their house, and Stephen's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he just walks on. Like, all right. <laughs> is this, um, like, is this, like, a group hang, or, like, get out? <laughs> get out! <laughs> Hissing at him as he leaves. Yeah. Um, no, you just don't think about that. Or sometimes it can be, like, it doesn't have to be the initial watch. No. That gets you. Mm-mm. It doesn't sound like it was. The initial watch. No, I mean, I, I, I like, I, I don't remember how we owned this movie. Like, we probably owned it. I probably watched it, and it was nothing. Like, literally, this was the movie that we had. That was we had like four DVDs. I want to say, like, knowing my mom, one was probably like The Doors by Oliver Stone, or like Thumb and Louise or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Val Kilmer. Yeah, God, she hated that movie. I was like, why do you own it? She goes, because it's Jim Morrison. I'm like, all right. Um, my mom was oh. obsessed with Jim Morrison, um, like, a little too much. One time she got super drunk and for 45 minutes explained to me why he was the Lizard King, like, truly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm I'm 13. We never really know our parents. Yeah, I'm 13. Can I go to bed? Um, <laughs> but um, I'm 13. Can I please? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, though, <laughs> again, it goes back to that thing where now every time I listen to the doors, I just like, well, he's the lizard king, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some also, yeah, music gets to you. They're like, oh my god, don't you love this? Actually, no one's ever said, don't you love this to what I'm referring to, which is John Mayer. Uh, so no. I was like, don't you love John Mayer? Like, I dated this dude briefly that when I worked at a coffee house called 
wait for it, coffee house. <laughs> um, he was also a barista there, but he was obsessed with the fact that he was the exact same age as John Mayer. Weird. And that he was just as capable and just as talented as John Mayer. So the way that he dealt with that very healthy reaction uh, was to play only John Mayer songs. Oh. And, uh, yeah, like, he only sang those. like, you did so good. He's like, yeah, I know. You know, like, you know, John Mayer and I are the same age. So, like, even if, like, John Mayer's just randomly in the background, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, shiver down the spine, like, duh. Yeah, I can see that. Your body <laughs> is a wonderland. No, thank you. I love how you <laughs> and then it's at it. That's me. Oh my god, look at the little the so You're totally hearing me like snack and drink things and I just, I just god Um I just <laughs> just like no. I'm doing none of this. Um Are you made out of? What are you made of? This is made out of zero fucks. Um that is what that is made out of. Um I don't know about but that's what that it's made the out of. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, mm. oh, man. <laughs> that's me at any party. <laughs> oh my god, I love how they're like, No, I'm gonna <laughs> this one's like squishing himself. <laughs> you know, like when it, <laughs> no, oh my god. <laughs> All right, Glenn, you've got like two seconds to come up with a before it goes to print. Uh, I did not do anything for this. Um, <laughs> it's the most fucked up looking. Look at it. Look at it. And what is it? Um, and then we got some going on over here with like. Um, absolutely no way any would just let me pick. Oh, I know. Um, and it's not like, because I, I like the, I never, it's just like, hey. Um, so you've been fostering. Yeah, I've been fostering. I've been fostering little itty bitty kitties. Um, and so I only went back into one of the areas. Oh, no, I did actually go into the area where you can adopt cats, but I was in, to foster. There's you know, a separate area? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, because. They have to reach a certain weight or whatever. Yeah, they, and I'm guessing the state of Texas, um, I just know for the Humane Society, the, the animals, or at least cats, I don't know about dogs, but cats, they have to get to two pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be vaccinated and they have to have, be spayed, spayed and neutered um, before they can be adopted. And so that's where fosters come in because um, uh, sometimes they don't have the space just to make sure that they get to the weight or whatever have you, or they get sick or they need surgery or, um, and so you, you foster them. So I just foster little kittens that, um, need to get to that weight. And so they just like, I have a spare room. So I just basically let them run amok in that room. <laughs> um, so it works out. Um, but there is a separate room cause I accidentally went into it cause the Humane Society of North Texas is in a very old building, off of Lancaster, and it's been out of, like, cinder In Fort block. Worth? Yeah. Specific- yeah, okay. Lancaster and Fort Worth, which, if you don't know, it's- Lancaster is a pretty shady area. That's where you go for your first tattoo and to leave. Yeah. Um, or um, if you need to be accosted by a homeless person, maybe. I mean, that's also an option. Um, After you get your first tattoo. 
<laughs> Lancaster. Yeah, like if you lived in the area and like, oh, where is it, Lancaster? You're like, oh, oh yeah. Can you- we go during the day? <laughs> Yeah. Um, one time my dad got a group on for like an El Chico's over there or like an El Phoenix or something. And it was off of Lancaster. And he was like, huh, there's bars on the window. I'm like, huh. yeah. Um, don't leave anything valuable in your car, sir. Um, uh, but uh, the, it's an old like 1930s like cinder block. Like, mm. you know, so anyways, but they have like an area where it said like cats and small animals. And I was like, oh, that's where you go to foster and it's not, but they have, like, in a whole, like, really nice room with all the, like, kitties that you can, like, say hi to and um, adopt. And then there's another space for, like, the dogs. And then there's the main building. That's where they, the vet is and the fosters and stuff like that. So um, you go in there and you uh, inquire about fostering. And um, they give us kitties to to foster or dogs or what have you. See, I'm learning all this right now. Like, <clears throat> you always hear about that, like, when— one of the rounds that Stephen and I are house hunting, I told you about, mm-hmm. like, the, like, I wonder why this house isn't, like, selling. And then you see the neighbor next door, like, constantly fostering yeah. animals. You're like, yeah, like, good for her. But, like, man, that would get tiresome if they had very troubling dogs all the time. Yeah, behavior issues. Yeah, because, like, luckily the humane, the one I, I foster for, they actually will tell you. They will tell you, like, okay, this one is just needing to put on weight. So it's, like, a one- to two-week foster. This one needs... Behavioral problem it has behavioral problems needs behavioral help or they're feral or whatever so you you know what you're getting into um, uh, most of the time and so you get the little you know and it's kind of cool because like even when I was there there was a little chicken like a little chick and somebody fosters chickens. yeah somebody fosters chickens you can foster <gasps> chickens and you can foster horses if you want to I mean like there's I mean granted you can't foster horses because in the state of Texas you have to have a half acre or more for per horse. Um, I know this because my mom really wanted a horse, and we chickens. Were... It depends on the. It would depend on the districts. Some mm. chickens, uh, you're not, or by the county, you're not allowed certain chickens or certain city ordinance. It oh. would depend on the city ordinance. You're never allowed to have a rooster. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yes, we've had chickens, and we're looking to get chickens again. Mm-hmm. But there are some saying, "Well, like we don't have a said a thing that says we can't. You can't have chickens, but if they're a nuisance, then yeah, yeah." Um, but yeah, so there was a there was a girl that was fostering chicks. Like um, they need fosters for whatever. So if you have a weird, you know, like if you want to foster snakes, people foster snakes. You know that kind of stuff. You would never foster snakes. I you're a snake lady. I am a snake lady, and I really want a snake, so I wouldn't mind fostering snakes. Oh, the I cats just would hate them. Yeah, um, I have three cats, um, and as much as I would love to have a snake, one there's two reasons why I don't have a snake right now. One, because I have cats, <laughs> and two. Um, I love snakes so much that I would just feel bad about having them in a cage the entire time. I'm just like, you should be free. So the only way I could, like, <laughs> justify, I guess, if I do adopt a snake, um, and then um, if they were, like, an albino snake, because then it, I can justify in my head that they wouldn't have survived in the wild anyway. My friend Mercedes had a blind snake. Oh, it's a blind one. That's so cute. Like, it's blind. And then, like, one day it's like, what happened to the snake? Like, uh, we felt like it was about to die, so we let it out. I'm like, I don't what understand that logic at all. You just left it up to like, you're probably going to die soon. Let me help you. Yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> okay. sad. What uh, kind of snake was that? They're like, don't worry about it. I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I would worry about it. Uh, I live in the same trailer park as you, so I'm gonna worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love how defeated he looks. 
when this happened. And he's just, <laughs> just like, I'm fucking, that's like my cat. So when my cat, um, when I put a harness on her, she's like, I'm dead now. I'm just dead. I actually took her to the vet. Um, I had to take two of my cats to the vet. And I only had one carrier that could fit, like, one cat. And so I was like, shit, what am I going to do? And then I have a cat that has um, uh, cerebellar hyplasia, or CH. I'm not 100% sure if it's cerebellar or cerebellum. I'm not sure. But um, basically she, um, her equilibrium, the part of her brain that controls her equilibrium is not underdeveloped. So she walks around like she's drunk all the time. Um, an adorable drunk. An adorable drunk with heterochromia, which is two different color eyes, a very groovy mutation. Jay See? Sweet. Hey! Um, hey, yo! <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Uh, <laughs> Such dorks. Anyways, you're... And so um, I put a harness on Tattle, and Tattle's just like, because she has such an issue with equilibrium, she's like, I'm dead now. I just can't move. So I literally just mm. took her to the vet because it's like it like paralyzed her. And I'm like, well, fuck it. Let's go. And I just carried her. And they're like, well, she's so good on a harness. Sure. Sure. Let's let's go with that. Let's and it's go. like taking the kid that doesn't want to go to the dentist, just dragging him in, like, get him! <laughs> <laughs> I almost said like a joke name, but there was that time we were at half price, and this woman just did not want to look for her kids, so instead she went, Declan! Declan! And then, Decky! Yeah. Oh, and Jackie. that's when I like straight up, when you straight up look at your best friend, you're like, I'm sorry, Decky? Decky. Decky! Decky! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, Declan, wow. get up! Can I get your teeth cleaned? Declan! <laughs> I always feel so bad for this guy. He gets so friend zoned. Um, he should be so lucky. <laughs> it's that whole thing. I'm like, is that <laughs> sometimes you watch something and it's a time capsule. Everything's a time capsule, but sometimes things don't age well just because you're like, oh, wow, that's not acceptable behavior anymore. Yeah. But I was <laughs> honestly thinking, I'm like, is friend zone actually a term that we use anymore? Because then there's this understanding. Of, uh, well, like, what's so wrong with just wanting to be friends with somebody? Oh, that's fair. Yeah. 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 I'm like, but, I'm like, I still get what you mean, though, because it's like, it's trying so hard, but I don't know. I still say it, but then now I feel bad about it. I'm like. That's fair. I just know that, okay, maybe it's unrequited feelings. There you go. There we go. Um, (laughs) I love Yeah, he's pretty great. Anybody from. (laughs) <laughs> which I'll have to edit, obviously, but I love that. I love it. Or you were talking about uh, Target earlier, it made me think of Superstore, which I found, <laughs> like, you were the only one that was really talking about it. Now, I feel like I'm the only one out of, like, the actor friends of ours that talk about it, because Steven's Halloween costume, I love this because it won't be till November that everybody gets this. But he's going as Brexit specifically because of Jonah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> everyone thinks it's the most hilarious, clever costume. I'm like, no one's watching Superstore. No, That's no. what I took away from that. <laughs> no one's watching Superstore. Yeah, it's it's such a good show. I really like it because it does feel like a show that, like, if you worked in retail, it, it completely encapsulates capul- uh, that. Um Excuse me. And then, um, but not only that, but I think it's just really, um, it's clever and it's smart and it's funny. And you just, you just, 
makes you laugh. I just, I really like it. I, it's one of those underrated shows. It's like another show that like nobody watches, and I only watch, which is like Speechless. Um, I don't even know what you're talking about. It's a it's a TV show with Minnie Driver, <laughs> and she is the mom of a kid with cerebral palsy. Oh, cerebral <laughs> palsy! I just did the thing where I didn't know it's cerebral palsy. Uh, pa- palsy. Good night. Um, and he's a nonverbal. Um, in a wheelchair, and um, and it is actually played by a nonverbal, or no, he's verbal, but he, the character is nonverbal, mm-hmm. and so, but he has a c- cerebral palsy, and um, and it's a really great show, and it has another working actor that isn't a lot of stuff, but he plays the dad, and um, and then like uh, uh, the chick that was like the the ex wife and two and a half men. She plays like mm-hmm. the principal that's like scared of Minnie Driver's character. It's such a funny little show, and it's one of the the few very very few shows that really like accur- ac- accurately shows like disability, um, especially like a, a, like a more significant disability mm-hmm. on screen. And they do it in a way where it's not just kind of a throwaway way, or preachy. Like I mean, overly preachy, or like, yeah. a, like this doesn't define me. Like, yes, but like, if it doesn't define you, like, yeah, I don't know. If it can just feel thrown in like that, it it's odd sometimes. Yeah, I mean, and and they do like some really fun stuff with it. Like, for example, um, they wanted to find an aid. Um, for JJ, and um, he found like the gardener who is played by a, another really great. Uh, actor and he has a really big booming voice and they're like well he's not an a and he's like but i want that voice and so like he wanted the <laughs> voice so he could have like this like more like it was you know they play around with it and they're like buddies and they're best friends and they do um all these silly things and like even stuff where um because he is nonverbal, he uses a board and a laser pointer to talk mm-hmm. and so the actors will talk for him but they do it um in such a respectful way for even if he's arguing with them he lets him argue and it's really cool i really really enjoy that show but like i'm like I the be only- real i didn't i remember this show being yeah. promoted i thought it was done i don't know if it is cuz like i watched there's at least three seasons of it. What network? Oh, fuck it. <laughs> um, like, if it's Minnie Driver, I never know. I always think FX for Minnie, but yeah. she did, what was it? That one show with Eddie Izzard? Oh, The Riches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was FX. That was FX. Um, um, See, I would watch this. I yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, and But, like, I'm, like, the only person. Anytime I talk about it, nobody knows what it is. And I'm like, that's so sad. Mini dri- like, Minnie Driver, I'm always like... <sighs> Mini. But she plays like the most <laughs> mini driver character that could like ever mini driver. Like it's like <laughs> so ridiculous. She's super like she plays into that like posh British, but then also kind of crazy because she's like that overprotective like mom that's like pro mm-hmm. like adaptive everything and like she like bites people to get like ramps even though like bro you don't even come here why are you doing this she's like you need to have a ramp and you know that kind of thing and it's and it's and um there's even like a scene in like the pilot where she's driving the van the handicap van they're getting to work and she's like driving like 90 the entire time and uh there's two cops and they flag it and the cops like we have to go and he goes oh no 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 we don't go after that family <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like i'm not going to deal with her um and I was like, that's funny. Um, and, like, they want to get to the best school, so they buy, like, the shittiest house in the school district. And, like, it has no roof. Like, it's so silly of a show. 
Um, but I really, really like it. But yeah, it's that same thing where like you talk about it and like nobody watches it and you're like, oh. Um, or like, what are you watching? <laughs> yeah, like, what are you watching right now? But like, we, we talked about that like one of where we had one of our older lady moments. We're like, it's 10 o'clock on a weeknight at Whataburger. So of course the kids are about to get here. Yeah. And be all dangerous. I'm like, well, when I was your age, we went to IHOP like respectable <laughs> teenagers. Chain smoked until they made you leave. Um, <clears throat> God, I can't believe how, how much, like, just loitering you have to do to really feel like you're having a good time in, Ar- in Arlington, yeah. Texas. But uh, we were talking about, like, that's what's so great about this this time is there is so much that it could be five of us. We could all be into the same exact genres, the mm-hmm. same exact, but we could all be watching shit none of us have ever heard of or that we're just not into. Like, oh, I mean to get into that. Like, I'm just now getting into, what was it, uh, The Good Place. Yeah. Which uh, sometimes when it's a bigger network show, sometimes I'm less inclined to, like, get into it. Or, like, I was talking to Rico, um, our friend Rico, because uh, he was like, oh, have you seen Joker yet? I'm like, uh, I probably won't see it for a while. And he's like, oh, that's right. I forgot you're all like counterculture. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm so counterculture that like maybe I'm so counterculture that I was slightly offended to be referred to as counterculture. I'm like, no, I just sometimes you can see a movie and be like, that movie really knows how to movie. Well, <laughs> I heard. So actually, um, one of my really good friends, Ryan, he called me. He was like, okay. <laughs> that sounds like Ryan. Yeah, he's like, all right. I went and saw Joker, and I went, uh-huh. okay. And he goes, okay, I'm warning you. <laughs> like, he's like, I think it does a really good job about psychosis. And I went, okay. And then I was like, that was my <laughs> issue is I didn't want to romanticize um, the Joker. Yeah. I mean, you know, and he's like, no, no, no. He, I mean, they're not even doing that in the comic anymore. They're being no. very real with yeah. who he is. Yeah, and so, um, and I, he, and I was like, I just don't want to see like, oh, he's just a misguided. And they're like, no, 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 that's not what happened. He's like, but I would recommend not seeing it in theaters for you. Mm-hmm. And I went, that's fair. I, I wasn't gonna go see it in theaters if I was gonna see it at all because I really, um. It's hard watching um, some stuff because I struggle so much with mental health issues. It's it's like you don't really want to watch the shit that you're dealing with. So, yeah. like, I don't really want to go see Joker because it's like, yeah, this man's, like, losing his grip on reality. I'm like, been there, not really wanting to do that again and watch someone do it. Um, so I'd rather go see, like— I want to escape. Yeah, Exactly. Well, that, that was the thing. Actually, like, one of your birthday parties um, where someone kept talking about Breaking Bad, and I was talking to Wes, and Wes and I, you know, were having our little, like, honey, yes, all yeah. this shit, like, just talking about RuPaul's Drag Race, and they brought up Breaking, and, like, what are you watching? And, like, they brought up Breaking Bad. I'm like, uh, for me, I think Breaking Bad seemed, and it's, a this is ter- a Terry opinion, obviously, uh, for me, I think Breaking Bad is really, really, really popular for a straight, white, boring guy. And the dude, I'm like, I don't mean anything to you, man. And Wes, of course, being a very openly gay man, is like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, no, explain why. I'm like, baby, like, yeah, you're a straight white man. You're a straight white man. Like, uh, and I have friends and colleagues that are in that show. I think it's amazing and beautiful, but it's it's a hard watch. And for me, it's so hard that I I can't. I don't enjoy watching it. The times that I have. And the El Camino thing, I'm like, oh, my God, to see how excited people are for that 
is great, but it's too harsh. Or like if it's like a, about broken family or yeah, for you I and can. I, we we tend to like be like, oh, this has to do with a very troubled mother figure. No, thank you. Yeah. Or um, or just any kind of parental figure where it's just, uh, well, you have to understand. She's trying her best. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not the way we're going to approach this. No, 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 no. Nope. Change, change, or the the big one that Hulu's always it still promotes. It's based on that true story. It's got Patricia Arquette. Oh, the act can't. I can't. I watched it because I thought the true story was really um, interesting, but the 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 show kind of missed the point on some things. That's what my hairdresser was saying. She's yeah. like, I'm not even really like into stuff because she's known me for like almost four years now. She's like, it was a lot. It was a lot, and it wasn't a lot on the right stuff. But, yeah, that one was really hard to watch um, because of, like, the Munchausen by proxy and just, like, that diminutive, like, um uh, that was the name of Steven's band. Munchausen by proxy. Oh. And so, like, that's but, an interesting name, and I'm like. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, well, I can barely say it. So I'm like, well, what band are you here to see? And, like, the long-named one. The long-named one. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, anyways, yeah, you were saying. Um, <laughs> now I'm watching. I'm, now I'm watching the movie. Um, it's a good one. Oh, but uh, or but yeah, like Joker, and it did look like that. Um, of course, you know, there's that one website, and I will bleep it. Of course, oh. can sometimes have really like I love the way that they're dissecting uh, and talking about how actually feminist horror it is. Mm. Talk, uh, the way they're t- and they're like, I'm sure this wasn't. Uh, you know, uh, point to this. I'm like, actually does, did, I keep forgetting he's past, uh, did write a lot of stuff and focus a lot on female heroines. But this is also the same guy that brought us some very heavy sexual assault on females too that I, I, uh, yeah, I can't, it can always be alluded to or whatever. But if it's like a, this is a, this is a rape scene. I can't, I can't do that. But, um, they did something about uh, was talking about Joker, and I. It was just this uh, how it's romantic, you know. Like let's visit how Joker um, treats female characters. I'm like, well, it's about Joker, so I'm guessing not well, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we can't pretend. But we were talking about that. What was it? It was that comic. Was it a Batgirl that got pulled? It was a. Are you talking about the cover? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there was a Batgirl cover where it was um, referencing to the killing joke, um, which in the killing joke, Joker shot Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Um, he just uh, She just happened to open the door, and he just shot her um, and paralyzed her. And so there was a cover that they did where um, she was being kind of— Muffled uh, or something? She, he, like, draw, he drew, like, the Joker smile on him, or on her, and he was, like, sitting in the back, and he was wearing, like, the, the shirt that he wore in The Killing Joke, because he yeah. was wearing, like, this very oh, iconic— tropical. The tropical with the camera and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and everyone got really up in arms about it because it was, like, promoting assault. But, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine with them pulling it. I can see where their argument was, but I also thought it kind of talked about her trauma. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, because it is canon that he did shoot her and paralyze her, and they just— um, I mean, that became a whole other thing for Barbara. Yeah, and, I mean, and it was—yeah, because she, she, was she was a oracle. Um, and so it was a big part of her, her storyline. And then, like, when they did, like, New 52, which was a, a story event— they basically just um, went, oh, we found this, like, chip 
that we can put in your spine yeah. and make it where you can walk again. You're like, all right, fine. Um, or in some variations, it's like the suit itself can make it. Yeah. yeah, so it just all depends. But um, it's always been a trauma because there's like even in the, the Gail Simone um, – I love her. I know, I do too. She wrote she wrote the new fifty two Batgirl, the first first leg of it. And um and there's a point where like she was she uh, Batgirl was like fighting some thugs and a thug sh- uh, pointed a gun at her almost the same as Joker and she froze. So it's like a part of her like psyche and like yeah. anyone who ever's dealt with the trauma thing, um, you can't like just ignore that that happened. And so I, I get why the cover was insensitive. Yeah. Um, but I, if you're just perusing shelves yeah. or something, I could see what it's drawing. But um, I, 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 I'm like on the fence on like I thought it was more about the trauma and not necessarily about like, mm-hmm. not, I don't, I don't know. So, um, and then one thing that really pissed me off about Batgirl is they tried to retcon Killing Joke and said that like that just happened in her mind, and I was like, yeah. no, you can't no, do what that. Was it? Oh God, what like it was. It wasn't necessarily about Batgirl, but they were, like, basically trying to just be like, a lot of this stuff was a dream. Yeah, basically. And I was like, you can't do that. I mean, you can, I guess. But, like, I I feel like a lot of it does become, well, we can't do anything bad to women, and therefore then it becomes misogynist. And I'm like, that's not necessarily true. You can have traumatic characters and have traumatic things happening to women characters. It's just it can't be the woman in the fridge dynamic. Yes. Um. And Which I don't I think, think they're a lot more aware of now. Which I mean, and to be and to be fair, it was a woman in the fridge dynamic in the Killing Joke. I mean, oh that, yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely was. That's why the the cartoon or the the animated movie did so poorly. And like, if you were going to do that, you should have done that ages ago. Exactly. And when to, it was still like, oh my god, did you see about this? But like, it came out a couple of years ago. It. It was not good. No, and um, but I I like that they actually built like Oracle out of mm-hmm. it, and they built all these different things about it. Um, so yes, it was a woman in a fridge trope, and it it's very unfortunate that they did that. But the way that they kind of rebuilt from it and made mm-hmm. her into this even more incredible character that had a disability, yeah, um, that still has a disability um, because she still has the like she still has to deal with trauma. And, like, I just read an arc where her chip was malfunctioning and mm. she was losing, like, feeling her legs and stuff like that. So it's always going to be something that she has to, like, deal with. I mean, I mean, she didn't walk for years, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it was always a big part of her personality, uh, her determination to be like, well, I can't fight crime this way, but I'm also a super genius, so I can fight crime this way. And, like, even, like— when it came to her relationship with um, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, um, how they dealt with that um, and how he always viewed her as the stronger person. And all these. It was always – I really, really like what they did with Batgirl. And yeah, So it's taking that shitty thing that someone just used as a plot point but building it into this really dynamic, nuanced character. And so I feel like there is a way to like utilize – not utilize, but like fix – Without it being retconned, yeah, or uh, like a oh hey I didn't like that, but or it's kind of like um like a group project where all of you are writing the same story, but it's passing it along, and by the time it gets back to you, you're like wait no I was setting this up to be that, and it's like a too bad, 
what are you going to do now with yeah. the way it is? You can't just be like, and then she woke up from that dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. But, like, yeah, we've talked about comics numerous numerous different times. Or, like, uh, Jessica Jones, like, the, the show and mm-hmm. how some of our male friends were like, uh, oh, because this happened to her. Like, that's why she likes rough sex. We're no. like, no, 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 no. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Like, it's, she just yeah. likes rough sex. She just likes rough sex. It has nothing to do with what Kilgrave did to her no. or anything like that. But um, that one was underrated, too. Mm-hmm. But I think it also, yeah, that was a whole show thing. But, I mean, with Joker specifically, I think there was even, what was it? You were telling me about this, and I meant to look it up. But now that I've got it on track, I'll actually remember to look it up. <laughs> what was it? Like where Joker like became sane somehow? Oh, oh so this is this was a mini series, an AU alternate universe miniseries. So this means it's not canon. Mm-hmm. Um but uh this uh, author named Sean Murphy. Yes. Um he he is a he's a really well known uh uh artist for DC and I he writes stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. Um he wrote that punk rock Jesus. That's why I bought it. Oh um, okay. And um <laughs> and so um we do all our shopping together if you have not figured this out yet. Yeah. We just buy everything at the same time. Um, um, we actually have a like um a method. Anytime we go to a bookstore, if we've been there before it's like we know exactly where to go. If people try to talk to us, we ignore them. Yes. Um and then we get super loud so everyone just leaves the area. Um um, so it, it, it was basically um, where uh, Joker, he, he is basically force-fed um, antipsychotics, this, like, new kind of antipsychotic, and he actually becomes sane and, like, realizes the, the problems that he was dealing with and, like, how he treated, like, Harleen, how he did this. And it was really fascinating about, like, how much— um, that was part of him, and how much he hated it, and it was a really fa- it, it, it was really fascinating because then it kind of got into like how psychotic is Batman? Oh yeah, you know that kind of thing. So it's like that whole like because in the Killing Joke, the whole point of the Killing Joke was that you can't have one without the other. Um, it has to be balanced to the force. Exactly, um, and they did that with Death in the Family. No, Death of the Family. Um, there are two different things. Um, <laughs> I'm not getting down that rabbit hole. But um, uh, Death in the Family, and they were doing this with this White Knight thing. Um, and it's really fascinating because it is just kind of the storyline of just like Joker just going, holy shit. What the fuck did I do? And Batman just going, he's plotting to something, and they're like, "All right, you need to, you need to take a chill pill, just two seconds, man." Um, and and it was a really fascinating kind of um, uh, thought process, I guess. And that's why it's not canon because it absolutely wouldn't work canon wise. But um, well, yeah, what was it? Because like even Joker's like, um. Uh, you guys declared me all this like mistrial. This was yeah. a mistrial. Yeah, yeah. He basically <laughs> was like, "You guys didn't give me any fair trial." And like, there was a there was a moment after he took the medication that like, "Hey, where's Joker?" He's like, "Oh, he's preparing for his legal defense." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, because, you know, they just basically just throw them in jail. Like, they actually didn't—you think about it. They do absolutely no due process to any of these villains. Well, no, that's the big thing because Batman can't, like— Yeah. <laughs> no one read me my Mirandas. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, he, he was able to get, like, a mistrial because basically nobody ever 
did any due process to him. He never was, you know, given his constitutional rights as, as you know, an American. Um, but he's a clown gangster. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Oh, my God. Um, he's so sad. <laughs> I just love how much land there is around this house. Like, there's no other land. Do they own the land? I don't. No. Oh, my God. Do you remember, like, we were, without, like, getting, like, too spo- we were trying to look up the font. Oh, that's right. Specifically for your tattoo. Like, <laughs> to the point where our tattoo artist that's done a few things for all three of us, uh, Sarah's family. So we always talk about it. Like, it's like a Sestra is how Steve yeah. and I refer to Sarah when she's not around. Sestra's calling, or I spoke to Sestra. Uh, it's an orphan black no, reference. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, hells yeah. But, um... It uh, we <laughs> were talking to him about the font, and he's like, "Just show me what you want. <laughs> I'm try- help me help you. <laughs> Be nice to your artist friends." Guys. Yeah, um, but um, but yeah, I mean, the interesting the thing when it comes to stories and like everyone's getting up in arms. It's one of the things that we try to do. Like, because I play D and D with a whole um, all yes, LBGTQ. Um, crew, and the point is, is that it's, it's, yeah, you can tell LBGTQ plus stories, but if you get creators that are LBGTQ plus, then you get to tell stories that are not necessarily like the diversity check, like, oh, I wrote this story. Um, it's more like you're just writing a story that relates to you, so then there's more diversity involved in it. Um, I mean, it's more genuine. It's, uh, it's, you know, like... Write you, write your story. Exactly. Otherwise, it's just, there's going to be just a weird aftertaste. Yeah, it's always like you're trying to shoe in, some, or shoe in something, and it's just like, oh, right, I need to put, like, more um, of a, a queer spin on something. Or that, um, I don't even watch the show, what was it, Big Mouth or whatever, oh, how yeah. they uh, they just got into, like, a like a big uproar because they very badly explained uh, a bi- the difference between bisexual and pansexual. Oh, no. Wh- uh, where um, the creator actually was like, hey, we got this wrong. Where it wasn't necessarily that, uh, like, a hey, I don't like the way that you explained it, but it's that they had a character coming at it from the perspective of knowledge, and the knowledge was wrong. Oh. So, yes, me as a pansexual person, I was like, uh, well, how do they explain it? They were they brought up binary. Oh. Uh, yeah. It was very, very odd. Um, so I read up a bit more about what they did it. And, yeah, they had a girl, like, introducing herself. And they're like, what's the difference between this and this? And she just, she, it's like, well, wouldn't that make you bisexual? And she's like, oh, that's so binary. Blah, blah, blah. I don't like that at all. No, nobody else did to the point where the creator was like, hey, we got this wrong. And to where others will argue, it's like, oh, it's that woke culture. I'm like, I I don't think there's anything bad about being more self-aware of the stories that you're trying to tell that don't necessarily reflect your worldview. But just be aware of how it comes off when it's disingenuine like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, you can have all the nuances of this thing because, like, you're— you identify as pansexual, I identify as bisexual, but yeah. um, it, it it is what we feel and how we believe in, like, our gender, I mean, our, our sexuality. Mm-hmm. And and so um, to try to shoehorn everything into, like, this one answer, even if you necessarily, you know, it's just, it's weird. And so it's, and, it's, and when you're trying to, like, it's, like, I guess one of the examples is, like, I just went and saw a play. 
and they were trying to do like Romanian words. And they used the right Romanian word, but they used it in the wrong context. And it's like, well, you just Googled it and went, yeah, this is close enough. And it's like, well, no, you didn't get that right. And it feels like that, where it's just like, I— Technically, you are correct. Yeah. But not— Culturally, right, and so it, it, and that's why creator when when the creators come in, that's where you get to have that more genuine story, um, and even like in our, um, I mean, it's five players, one DM, all of us are LBGTQ plus. What's uh, the name of it? Uh, color guards, um, and we do like a live stream on um, Twitch, and we do like a YouTube channel because we want to just keep. We want to do two things. One is to have more. We call it. Um, I think what we decided on is a queer storytellers telling queer stories, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, we wanted to do that. And then the accessibility of D&D and that D&D doesn't necessarily have to be like – it's the same kind of – everyone thinks it's one stereotype. And I yeah. think Stranger Things helped a lot on like accessibility going, oh, no, you don't have to necessarily do this kind of story. Um uh, Like ours is all more political intrigue and we're dealing more with like um, warring like – um, it's kind of more like Game of Thrones in the sense of, like, there's families that, like, different take— factions. Yeah, different factions and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily, like, we're on a quest. We're just dealing with a lot of, like, car- uh, t- uh, big factions fighting each other because— More world-building of, yeah. than quest. Well, yeah, and it's also, like, um, um, just kind of more about society in itself. Not, like—not uh, necessarily, like, a, a rip from current events, but it's just, like— who we are in our society. Like, for example, one character and I are in the same faction, but my character is um, really, really lowborn, and his is really, really highborn. So it's a lot of dynamic and tension between our characters because we mm-hmm. fucking hate each other because of it, because we just resent each other. Um, and it was kind of like there was a there was a line in, like, The Good Place where it was like, uh, no matter on which side of the velvet rope you are, you're always going to be unhappy. So it's kind of like that kind of thing. Um and so, um, but we do this so that we can be more accessible. And it's kind of interesting because we, people think that, oh, we're going to do this, like, huge plug for sexuality and stuff like that. And bring it, it up every episode. And we never bring it up, actually. I mean, like, all of our characters are queer. Yeah. Um, I think my character is the only character that is a mentioned, uh, mentioned blatantly. Um, about having sex with anyone. Yeah. Um, everyone else, it's just it's not important to the story right now. So, like, why would you bring it up unless you're, like... So that's the thing about creatorship. When it is a creator, it doesn't get jammed down your throat all the time because no. it's like, oh, I want to make sure you know that this character is this. It's like, well, they can be other things. They don't have to be the it, defining trait. That doesn't have to be the defining trait. That's right. a big thing. Or um, it's what I was trying to get you to watch the new Queer Eye because I think yeah. a lot of people... But uh, there was, um, you know, they did uh, a trans man character who's actually been in the news is really helping um, with um, just getting some really archaic shit out of just out of the norm way of thinking. Um, but, you know, the one of the things that the guys do is they go into your place and they're like, it's like, well, we want friends to know that they can come here. And it was just, you know, nothing but like gay, 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 mm. gay, gay, gay. And uh, the guys were like, I remember being, you know, that 20-year-old blah, blah, blah. Like, you can have all this stuff, but remember, like, you know, it's uh, there is no one right way mm-hmm. to be you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this is just one of the many things that makes you you. And I think whenever you're first out, or if you're um, 
maybe just trying to learn more as an ally. I think it's very confusing for people. Uh, and like, but you're not, <laughs> but you're not waving, you know, like yeah. a big rainbow flag saying like I am this way or like my friend uh, who is like a giant metalhead and uh, you know got he's super industrial and he only for when I first met him he had like a different tool shirt for every day of the week like it was a different like album or whatever and then he's like all right it must be Monday because wearing that tool shirt <laughs> um, but when his boyfriend came up for the first time someone was like. <gasps> Gay? He never, there were never any clues. I'm like, well, him kissing his boyfriend's a big one. (laughs) Not that you need, and his boyfriend looking nothing like his boyfriend is very crisp, I think, um, and preppy. And nobody, like, so many people were confused by that. I'm like, well, it's because, like, that's not, that's not the only thing about. (laughs) I would say that, like, to me, is just one of these people that I know in a pinch. Even if I haven't spoken to him in five years, I can call and say, I need you, and he's fucking there. Yeah. that's a great friend. But, um, yeah, you just uh, – it's so it's really easy whenever you maybe are just a little – I don't know how to say it, like blind to it, um, that coming in, if you are promoting it as like this is inclusive yeah. and this is, you know, blah, 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 that it's like a, oh, it's going to be this thing where they're yelling at me about blah. Yeah. Uh, but, no, that's – not what it seems to be. And you've been doing it for a while. Yeah, we've been doing it since February. Really? Yeah. It's longer in a good way. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we started prepping for it because um, we're, we're trying to, because we really want to the accessibility when it comes to Dungeons & Dragons. Um, so we did a lot of prep work for our characters and all these different things so you can kind of get more of, like, what you can do. Because I, I never played D&D before, and I was the, the newbie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still don't really understand, like, stat sheets. That's why <laughs> if you ever watch it, it, like I said, it's on YouTube or Twitch. Um, and we we usually do our Twitch on Sunday around 7 o'clock Central Time. But, color um, Guards. Color Guards. Um, it, we, if you ever watch it, I am sitting right next to the DM. So the DM looks at my sheet and goes, okay, you passed. I'm like, yes, because I still don't understand character <laughs> like, sheets. But that's the cool yes. thing. <laughs> Holding it up. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and that's the cool thing about the character sheet or about D&D is that there are – it's not something that you have to be, like, an expert in. Yeah. And so that's really cool. And then also um, uh, we are doing a story that is more um, – uh, political intrigue, more cosmopolitan. So it, so we're kind of breaking the notion of like what you think a D and D game is. Where yeah. It's like you know we're in the woods and we come come across like caves and like Dungeons and Dragons. You know. Yeah. Like so, Donald's talking about is like I can tell you why I love Dungeons and yeah. Dragons. That's not going to line up with the three other people that are maybe in the room. Exactly. Like, and uh, he's like, and you know, they're the people that I got. All right, I'm here to avenge the death of da 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 da. He's like, and that's fine. But then there's someone that's very very much like about like it's this and like and that's not what I'm about. Like, yeah, it's everybody loves it for a different reason. Yeah, and, and it's just it's improvising. It's improvised story. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're basically telling a story with a bunch of your friends, and you get to improvise and you get to play off of it. And I think that's why so many players are great actors and creators. Yeah, I mean, because it, it it really does make you have to think on your feet. Like, um, like. My character did something really shitty because she's a shitty person, and I love her. <laughs> she's like she's blushing, saying that. <laughs> she's a really shitty. She's person. a really shitty person. She's horrible, but um, <laughs> she um, uh, she did something really horrible, and then um, 
uh, she had to go up to a, another player, and basically she thought she was going to get arrested. And instead, this character just threw a lot of truth at her, and I was not prepared at all for that. So, like, my character just, like, uh, like I literally was just, like, froze. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do. And so I just left. Like, <laughs> my character's like, and she leaves. Because I don't know what to do. I have to process what kind of just happened here. Um, so it's a lot of fun because you are doing that. And it is a lot of fun to play with a lot of LBGTQ um, players because we are telling a story that doesn't feel like we're trying to tell an LBGTQ story. We're just telling a story. Um, it just happens to be. It just happens to have queer characters in it, which is great. Um, and it, and, it, and um, I'm learning a lot about, um, uh, like, different characters. Like, there's a character in the, in the table that I would have never wrote. I would have never written this character. But it, it's a fascinating character. So I feel mm-hmm. like I'm becoming a better writer because of it, too, which is really cool. And, yeah. Um, I really do like that because you do really— you have to keep yourself on your toes and really know the motivation of your character, really know, like, their goals and their, like, you know. And so it's 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 a lot of fun, and um, I really enjoy it. And, and it does make you kind of look at those different storylines and look at these different things and go, okay, how would I tell this as a, who I am? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't necessarily fit in a shoehorn, and that's the other thing, because, like, when you're a writer— um, sometimes you feel like you have to write what you're supposed to write, like the yeah. character that's supposed to be this specific way. And I've kind of stopped doing that. I'm just like, no, I wrote that story. I wrote the story in the way that the character is supposed to be. This is a YA heroine. This is where this is going to be. The, I did that story. That story's done. Now I'm writing stories where it feels like it's just, fuck it. I'm going to write the story I want to write. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's another one of the many reasons I'm— Happy that you published your book. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, like that's where it's really good to be your own creative. In in also even in like a I would guess in a game setting. Obviously, like <laughs> I've I've mentioned it several times to you, but first time on mic, but not the first time on the show. Where it's like it just doesn't seem like something I would really want to do. Right. But the way that you speak about it and the way Donald speaks about it makes it more appealing. Yeah. To where I don't know if anyone's just really like brought it up in an intriguing way like that. Right. But. Where, I don't know, yes, you have to stay on your toes, but also you don't want to be, you don't also want to play with the kid, like, it makes me think of, like, playing with action figures and being like, all right, and then Catwoman busts in and she, like, kicks him in the face. We're like, no, my character wouldn't let Catwoman, and, like... We're just trying to play with toys, man. Like, like, let's just have fun with it. Like, a, no, you're ruining it. My character, like, is invincible. Like, guess what? It's the Superman problem then because Superman's boring. Yeah. I need flaws. I need to be able to do that. <laughs> of course, there was no way at nine years old I was like, um, no, I need you to be flawed <laughs> or whatever. And be like, dude, just let my Batman Returns Catwoman kick your Barbie in the face. Yeah. Idiot. Like, yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm going home. Yeah, I mean, and that's the see. There is that part of D and D, and I actually hate that part of D and D. I hate it. But you have rules. So yes. when somebody goes, "Oh, Catwoman can't kick this person in the face," the DM goes, "Uh, yeah, he can." Or you know, like you know, like that's the point of the DM is that they go, "No, they can." You roll. Yeah, 
they kicked you and you took like four four points of damage and you're like oh shit um <laughs> i hate that part of dnd um um i think i've done it enough where i know that i hate that part of dnd but um the DM, if you have a good DM, which I do because it's Wes, um, he knows that. And so he kind of steers away so that it's a little bit more fun. It's not mm-hmm. like full on, let's bring out the minis, let's bring out the the map. I'm like, that's where I get bored. If you ever watch it where there's a there's a fight like that, you can just see how fucking bored I am. I'm like, and I'm out. And Sarah's gone. Sarah's uh, checked out. Sarah's checked out and she's drinking a whole lot of rum for some reason. It's like, yeah. <laughs> um, Something to do. Something to do. Um, so there's parts of it um, where um, it, it, you can, like, mix and match. And um, I was actually talking to Jonathan, who's one of the players in the game, and he said this is our mo- – he's, like, he's been playing for 10 years. And he's like, this one's the most, like, tension, drama-filled one he's ever done because we've done our research on our characters and, like, mm-hmm. really – um, it the way that you talk about it makes me think of what we would do for like stage plays, where it's like character study. We yeah. would have to write up bios, like heavy bios, yeah, about our backstory that would no way would ever be like disclosed. But yeah, you know that. Yeah, and the one nerve wracking thing though is that because we do it on Twitch, it's live, so you don't get another pass and anything. You're like, fuck it, we're going. Um, and so you might like screw up, and you're just like, well. We're just keep going. Um, and so, actually, that's one reason why my character drinks a lot. Like, my <laughs> character drinks is so I can get away with um, how I mispronounce words sometimes and how I slur words sometimes and or, like, mess up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, fuck it. She's drunk. It doesn't matter. And I can move on. Um, and so, um, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And it's, and it's always really good to, like, be around creators that aren't just, like, you know— just stereotypical kind of whatever like I'm I want to write the next great American novel it's like all right fuck off um I think you and I write often because it wouldn't be healthy to stop yeah exactly (laughs) yeah it keeps me sane it does like even if it's just a little scene it's like a oh that's out yeah that's out it's it's good and and it, it just it's something that really does um, George Orwell always said that, like, um, the reason why anyone would go through this hellish ordeal is because you have a demon you have to exercise, and I really am a believer in that. I do believe that people do write stories because they're pretty or whatever. You know, like, you know, do it. The game is the game. The game is yeah. the game, and you, you do what you want to do. If you really want to just write beautiful things, go for it. I don't. That's not what I want to do. I don't want to write the story I've read before. Um, and I always tell people when I write, if I know the answer to the, the like, I know the ending, I don't want to write it anymore because mm-hmm. I already know the ending. Um, that's not the point to me. Um, uh, so when it comes to um, writing, I do believe in that George Orwell school of thought that it is about a demon that you have to exercise. And even if it's a tiny demon, they have to exercise for like an hour, you like know? Tiny, <laughs> yeah. fun size. Yeah. I've been watching, rewatching Buffy and like, oh, I should have read the book. It says actual size. <laughs> it's <just> tiny. <laughs> la- Tremble before me. <laughs> and they're like laughing, like looking over him, like, oh, that's so <laughs> cute. That's fine. Uh, no, I'm glad you brought up uh, Color Guard. wasn't sure. Like, I'm like, mm, just had Donald on. But it's a totally different beast. It's so funny, though, because I don't really know if you and Donald have met yet. No, we have never uh, met. But that would be interesting. I'm like, oh, Sarah got me into this game, or Donald was talking about this game. Um, so I still really want to play. I would have to be, but it's a board game. 
Ooh. Mm. Oh, yeah, you were telling me that. Has like superpowers yeah. or some shit. Like, yes, bring it. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, you've gotten me to play some games. I got lanterns. I love lanterns. So Which good. I, yeah, I did one board game with like Rico and Aaron and our friend Ben and a few other people, and it's like a oh, this is like a board game, board game. I was miserable the entire Aww. time. Uh, but then I'm like, I brought lanterns, and nobody wanted to play it. No, <laughs> lanterns is so much fun. I love lanterns. It's like a weird version of rummy. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it's so much fun. I really enjoy it. Um, so, but uh, are you playing anything new right now? No, I've been kind of off uh, playing board games for a little bit, but I want to get back into it because there's a couple games that look really interesting. But um, there was one game that Wes... Wes is a huge board game guy, and so he was telling me about this um, this uh, game where you have to do, like, a mini-game, and that mini-game sets up the bigger part of the game, and it's kind of like Agatha Christie-esque, so you have to do this part and see how this goes before you can actually play the main <laughs> game. And I'm like, that sounds intense. Um, or there's this one game that you can play with, like, a whole party. Like, you can play up to, like, 70 people. What? Um, it's called Two Rooms and a Boom. And so, basically, everyone gets into two rooms. And one person's the bo- uh, the bomb. And one person's the president. And you don't know who those are. And everyone has cards. And they have, like, um, so you could be a spy. You can be an agent. You can be whatever the hell, you know, like uh, uh, a um, uh, go-between, whatever the word, the actual word for that is. <laughs> um, and... Um, and you have to do these trade-offs, and you have to try to trade off so that the president and the bomb are in different rooms. And you have to do this. And, like, if you have a certain card, you can do specific things. But you can also just fucking lie and do whatever the hell you want, but people can call you out on it. And you can play with a bunch of people. That game is a lot of fun. Um, and it's, like, it's just a simple game where it's just basically two rooms. You two just, rooms you and just a boom. Two rooms and a boom. Um, and I played that at Wes's house with, like— 30 people? Um, what? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and that is fun. Yeah. It's it was a fun game. <laughs> it was a fun game. Okay. <laughs> because it's like Clue. It's like Clue. You have to figure out, like, all the different things that are going on. And I like those kind of games, even though everyone immediately thinks I'm the spy because I'm just shady as fuck. And I'm like, nah, it's fine. But that kind of works for people. I love that they switch. <laughs> <laughs> um, that so pissed. Um die <laughs> but uh yeah so uh it's just it's a lot of fun i like those games i like those games where you have to pretend to be someone that's probably why i like D um uh because it's like acting but i don't have to do the bullshit of acting <laughs> oh, but it brings out something in you yeah it does it seems like you're having fun with it what i was, like it. What was it your character just said like this big thing oh yeah <laughs> you were like explaining it to me i'm like yeah Terrifying, right? Yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was so amped afterwards. They made a pop of that, and I, I, I wish I had it. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's fun. I like it. It's always really interesting just to kind of you know pretend to you know be someone else for two you know two hours. Yeah, I agree. Uh, obviously. Well, sometimes it's just like, well, that that's the thing. Sometimes whenever you get cast, uh, it's like, yeah, this character's you. I'm like, but I don't want to be yeah. you right now. I want to be like this interstellar like sex goddess. <laughs> Which I mean, if you think that that's just how I am normally, thank you. But, 
Oh, well, as this winds down, mm-hmm. we talked about color guards. We talked about comics. Mm-hmm. So basically, it was just a typical hang. We just need a bookstore to be in the booth with us. Too. And five more hours. Five more <laughs> hours. No, I, uh, thanks for allowing me to lock you in the booth. Yeah. And I hope you had fun. I did have fun. So, with that being said, we're going to close this out by saying, uh, join me next time when my guest will be someone else. Bye.